You can't do the work that you're intended to do in this world if you won't rise up and move afraid, uncomfortable, uncertain. That's what you have to commit to. Wait, 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 wait. Let me catch you up. Welcome to Iterate with Ashley. This one's for the rebels, for the rule breakers and risk takers, for the ones who aren't afraid to get a little bit dangerous. Because we're staging a jailbreak. We're breaking out of the prison. People pleasing, perfectionism, and public opinion has held so many of us hostage in. And reclaiming the freedom and power that is rightfully ours. So we can get on with the business of being happy and free and doing our great work in the world. So if that's your jam, you're in the right place. I'm your host, Ashley Morgan. Welcome to the show. Hello, my friend, and welcome back to the show. I'm so excited for you, and I'm excited for me, and I'm excited for us, and just what we're going to chat about today. So I want to take you on a little road trip. (laughs) For those of you who don't know, I also do corporate talks, and uh, one of the things I invite people into when I share my story I give them the kind of metaphor or the context of like going on a road trip. Uh, My dad was a truck driver before he had a wife and a family. And one of the things he was very proud of is making sure that his daughters could drive. All three of us can get on down the road. And he used to say that my mom could drive better than most of the men he knew because she too could get behind the wheel of pretty much anything and do what needed to be done. And so uh, I like to use the analogy of the road trip because I am 100% your girl if you want to get in the car and take a drive somewhere. Uh, give me some good music and uh, or a podcast or a book or, uh, you know, just something in engaging to listen to and some shades and an open road and I will get on down the highway. So uh, I think stories, right, and, and particularly our life stories are a lot like highways. And that's because, you know, there are so many on-ramps and off-ramps that you can take on, you know, like just within your personal story. And each on-ramp and each off-ramp is going to land you in a different place. And so I'm going to ask you to get in the car with me on a little road trip back to spring of 2015. And I'm going to talk to you about uh, the car accident that just changed like it just changed the game for me it got me off the sidelines it was my it was my wake-up call for sure and um, I'm going to share that story with you and just how it led to me rising up and moving and just you know anchoring back into self-belief So before we jump into the meat of today's episode, I do want to extend an invitation to you to work with me one-on-one. You can book a single session with me. I dropped that link, uh, at least for now, at the recording of this episode, you can still book single sessions. Um, But I'm getting this little nudge that uh, those might be be retiring soon. Uh, So you can do that. You can book a single session with me. 
and uh, we coach um, just really on anything that you would need relative to like mindset, whether that's something around life or work or pay negotiation or career navigation or boundaries or work-life integration or, you know, just sorting out imposter syndrome and and rebuilding confidence. Um, We do coaching around those things. And then, of course, I do have a longer-term container, six or nine months, where, gosh, we cover it all. You know, I think back to one of my clients I worked with uh, last year. She came to me because she said, oh, my mental health and, like, my confidence really took a hit during the pandemic. I just, I went through a lot of transition, and I don't feel like myself. And I wrestle with people-pleasing and perfectionism and just, like, I have so many visions and so many goals and so many things I want to do, and I'm just having a hard time getting it done on my own, and I just, I need some help kind of getting getting out of my own way. And what was interesting is by the end of the coaching container, we worked together for six months. She had accelerated in her career. She was also living abroad. (laughs) She was doing something that she wasn't sure that she would have been able to do. Like she had the confidence to go after this dream. She had uh, started working on her podcast and creating results in that way. Uh, But that isn't what she said was like the most important or transformational piece of the work. She said, I'm kinder to myself. Like I'm just nicer to myself. And because I'm nicer to myself, because I have a kinder mind, I feel better. And when I feel better, I'm just more motivated to go out into the world and take action. And so, you know, I, I think that's really it. That's the essence of my work. I help you think better, feel better so that you can go out into the world and accomplish whatever it is that you want to accomplish, whether that's, uh, you know, the next level of your career, whether that's starting a podcast, whether that's building, you know, out your team or integrating your work and your life in a, in a way that, you know, just feels better for you. So um, I am wholeheartedly believe that how you think and how you feel is like it's the experience, the internal experience that makes up the patterns and the behaviors and the actions that you take. And in the 3D, that like tangible, natural world that we live in, that creates our results. So my invitation is to hop into my DMs over on Instagram at Ashley Morgan Live. If you're like, yep, I definitely would like some support around, you know, breaking up with imposter syndrome and self-doubt and, you know, kind of being a jerk to myself in my mind so that I can, you know, feel better and have more motivation and inspiration to go after my big dreams, right? I help you get back in the game. So we can call that resilience. We can call it personal power. We can call it confidence. You name it. That is what I do. So um, I want to extend those invitations to you, the single session or a six or nine month container. And then um, I do invite you to get on the wait list for my upcoming group program, All on Resilience. Like truly, this program is like 10 plus years in the making. I feel like it's my life's work. Uh, And you can get on the wait list by simply shooting me a DM over on Instagram that says, I win. And you'll be the first to know when the program is live and open for enrollment. Uh, Or possibly even I might do a pre-sale on it. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. But if you want to be in the know, for sure, hit me up on Instagram and uh, let me know. So we're on a road trip. (laughs) 
<laughs> you and I have made the essential pit stop, you know, at the convenience store after we've gotten gas uh, for some snacks. And we're getting in the car and we're going on a road trip and we are headed back to spring of 2015. To give you an idea of what my life looked like at this point, I was just about to turn 30 and I was working nights 11 p.m. to 7 a.m. I was a night auditor for um, a luxury hotel down in Seattle and I was going to school at Seattle University during the day. I was doing a full load and an honors thesis as I like kind of wrapped up the the end of my degree. This was this was at year three, three years post traumatic experience in the workforce after my wrongful termination, the d- discrimination, all the things. And you know, I had been spending a whole lot of time as we, you know, as I call it, you know, professional purgatory. Right, I put myself in a career timeout because I was you know, just kind of afraid and nervous and scared to put myself back out there. And so I knew that I wasn't going to be able to hide behind I'm going back to school anymore. I knew that my my calling to lead, my purpose to lead was like knocking at the door. And so I was in that space in life. And I you know, (laughs) I had not yet started applying to any jobs. I had not yet even like updated my resume. I had not yet done any of those things to like prepare myself for life after school. But you know, this is May we're talking about. I'm like prepping for finals. And so definitely I'm, I'm needing to be um, getting, you know, getting back out there, getting back in the game, so to speak. And so what got me on the road and after three years of like hiding and you know I don't like the term self-sabotage because what I understand now about the unconscious mind is that the the brain the mind is optimized for safety and it's always trying to just do what it thinks needs to be done in order to keep you safe so I wouldn't say that I was sabotaging myself I would say my mind was evaluating the outside world and making, you know, and causing me to uh, self-protect, causing me to like keep myself, you know, kind of hidden and kind of small because it believed, oh, this is the safer path, right? And so I'm in the middle of finals and I go to work on a Saturday night, 11 p.m. to 7 a.m. I get off work and I get in my car and I'm driving through downtown Seattle. And if you know anything about downtown Seattle, it has a lot of one-way streets. Well, I'm, you know, driving like I should have been, like I'm not doing anything crazy or out of the norm. And out of nowhere, a car T-bones me, flips me around and slams me into a tree. Now, thankfully, thankfully, I walked away like pretty free of injuries, a little whiplash, no concussion. I had a bruised up knee and like it was super sore. And then I had body aches and whatnot that came, you know, throughout the the, the days following the accident. But by and large, despite my car being completely totaled, I had a cute little white Nissan Sentra. I, I mean, I hadn't even had the car a year, which is kind of hilarious, uh, but it was uh, totaled, completely totaled. So, you know, so kind of like I was saying uh, just a moment ago, like I love to drive. I'm somebody who like has always, you know, like we're a family. The Morgans are like kind of known for that. And so it was challenging 
to now think about the prospect of getting behind the wheel after that accident. And I can remember, you know, that happened on a Sunday morning. I went home that Sunday. I emailed my professors and let them know what happened, you know, sent them pictures of my car, which was totaled and had talked to insurance and all the things. And I was going to be picking up my rental on Tuesday. And so my dad and uh, my dad and my mom were like, yes, you know, of course, doing doing the parent thing, checking on their kid, you know, said, yeah, we'll take you down to Enterprise to pick up your rental. So we get to the car place and I get out of the car. My dad gets out with me and I kind of jokingly say, are you sure you can't just drive me around for a while? (laughs) And he looks at me and he gives me that look that dads give when they want to say yes, but they know they have to say no. And he said, you know what, babe, if I drive you around, you're never going to get back behind the wheel of the car and you love to drive. And he was right. I knew he was right. So he kisses my forehead and, you know, they wait until I get back behind the road. You know, I get back behind the wheel of the Toyota Corolla. (laughs) That was the, the rental car. I get behind the wheel, they follow me home, and uh, and then they were on their way. And then it was just me in the car. And I knew le- that night I was going to have to drive myself into work. And so I share that story with you because he didn't know that a few months later, I would be on a phone call with a recruiter, and she would, would be calling me forward into, like, you know, kind of calling me out a little bit, but also really calling me forward, right? Because at this point in my career, I had not been leading people for almost three years. And I had been saying, I'm not leading people because I'm going back to school. But here school was up. The excuse was up. There was nothing else that I could use as like a a justification for why I wasn't moving in my purpose, moving in my calling, following the thing that I knew that I loved to do and that I was meant to do. Like it it just didn't really fly anymore to like kind of be keeping myself out of the game. And so we go through the school process and things are kind of wrapping up and I start to go out into the world and apply for jobs. Well, I know I've got to get off the night shift. Like that's job one. That's what I'm, I'm focused on trying to do. And I'm like, well, maybe I'll just get like kind of a quote unquote interim job, you know, kind of dip my toe back in the water, so to speak. And so I start applying for executive assistant jobs. Now, no shade to executive assistants. I love you. You're, you're gosh, extraordinary. I spent almost five years in a Fortune 500 recruiting firm, the world's first and largest, as a director and a sales manager placing executive assistants. And I know that many of them are the brains behind C-suites and executives and vice presidents. And they are, man, the ones keeping the trains running. So a lot of respect for you. It's also not my, it's not my gift. It's not my zone of genius. I mean, I can administrate, but let's be honest. I'm just, I'm, I'm just made to lead things. I really, I really am. And so <laughs> important for you to know what your gifts are, what your strengths are, what, how, like how you roll. So I know that I'm not really called to be an executive assistant, but that's, that's, I'm like, let me do it safe. Like I, I could do that job easy, which I could, I could do the job. It also just was not, I, it, it wasn't. 
I knew that it wasn't purpose work. I knew that it wasn't like my mission. I knew that it was not really my next step, but I was really kind of afraid still to go after the next step. And it's funny because I get on the phone with a recruiter and she says, I'm going to be honest, I didn't, I I wasn't actually going to call you, but something in in me like kind of just thought, let's, let's hear what this, this person's, you know, story is, because I can see from your resume that you're extremely qualified. I had 10 years of management and leadership experience under my belt before and was just finishing up school. This was all very clear on my resume. And she's like, you know, so kind of like, what's your story? So I tell her what's going on. And she was like, I'm going to be honest with you. I think you would be bored in this job. I just, I think you would be bored and you have the qualifications for a store director position. Would you be interested in that? And I said, no, I don't, I don't think I would. And she said, okay, like I kind of hear you just seems a little bit like you're kind of dipping your toe in the water instead of just jumping back in (laughs) to get your career back on track. And she said it jokingly, but it definitely like landed for me like a little like a gut punch because she was right. She was 100% right. I wasn't jumping in. And I wasn't jumping in because I was afraid. <laughs> so when she called me out, my dad's words popped into my mind like a firework in the sky. And I could hear him saying, if I drive you around now, you'll never get back behind the wheel. And you love to drive. And the fact of the matter is, I loved leadership. I loved leading people. I loved the work that I knew that I was meant to do. Like that had been, you know, like I've, I've said before, work had been a happy place. It had been a sanctuary. It had been a safe haven. Sure, you need to rest sometimes. You need breaks sometimes. You need, you know, t- time away. You need time to refresh and replenish. But overall, it was a place of satisfaction and fulfillment, which is a part of what had made me so angry at God. Like, why would you take this thing I love and like rob me of like this, this experience, you know? And so he was right. Um, my dad was right about driving and this recruiter, she called me up, called me out. I think she was a, you know, divine messenger because I needed to hear that at that exact moment. You know, what's the saying? When the student is ready, the teacher appears. Uh, I had spent three years hiding and I knew it was time to jump back in, but I was afraid. And when I think about those days, even that first trip after the car accident in the car behind the wheel, I took the route to work that I had taken hundreds of times at that point, hundreds of times. I drove on a highway that I had driven on thousands of times. I drove on streets that I had driven on thousands of times. And I did it gripping the steering wheel. No music, super focused, totally dialed in because fear was coursing through me. I was like just back behind the wheel and like being that like nervous, scary driver that I get annoyed with on the road. I'm sorry. I'm sorry if you're a nervous, scary driver, but that's who I was. And in the days following the accident, it took time for me to start to feel comfortable back behind the road again. And it's hard to pinpoint exactly the moment where the flip, you know, the switch flipped and I started to feel confident again back behind the wheel. But I know it took time. It took time after the accident to not feel nervous, to not feel jumpy, to not feel afraid. Here's the difference between the car accident and what I had done professionally. With the car accident, I had gotten back out, you know, I'd gotten back behind the wheel straight away. It was like, yep, this is scary. Yep, this is hard. Yep, I'm super nervous. Yep, I'm not sure that I can do this. Yep, this feels 
terrifying and shocking to my system, and I'm doing it anyway. With my career stuff, I had allowed myself to like kind of hide and get snuggly and cozy. And even though it wasn't super comfortable because I was like, man, I took a job making less than a third in terms of money what I had been making before. And that was after having spent over a year living on like student loans and savings and financial aid and unemployment and all of those things. So I needed to go to work and find something and do something else like it it was time but let me tell you it was still scary right and I still was wrestling with my leadership identity and all the questions that wrongful termination brings up for you especially when you have been conditioned to make your career your identity right like that was one of the biggest takeaways I had from that experience that I'm so grateful for is that like I had to separate who I am at my core from job title from position from company from organization and that served me so well because when I got laid off in 2020 like after being told you're a life raft person and we will fight to keep you after you know I think it was the third round of layoffs that I ended up being let go after literally April 2019 I'm walking across the stage accepting a chairman's club award receiving a $10,000 bonus I'm number two in the world out of over 33 countries like I had led my team to extraordinary success and then a year later you're, you're laid off had I not done the work of like anchoring into leadership identity knowing who I am outside of a job and outside of accomplishment that is another scenario that could have potentially rocked me but you know what happened after the layoff I popped the champagne, literally. I mean, you know, I took care of what I needed to take care of that morning. It happened that morning. And then I popped the champagne and I called some, a couple of friends and I updated the group chat and I took a nap on the couch with my dog and watched a couple of episodes of Grey's Anatomy. And it meant absolutely nothing about me at all. No crisis, no emotional gymnastics. I was just, I was able to handle it. And I would not have been able to handle it the way that I did had I not been through the experience of wrongful termination and discrimination and had to do the work of deciding who I was. And so the reason that I share that with you, the reason I share all of that with you is that if you are going to believe in yourself again after a public failure, because hello, when you get fired, people know, like professionally, the people that were your colleagues, the people that you used to carpool with, I mean, the people I carpooled with, the people that I communicated with on a day-to-day basis, the people that I had known, not, not just like I had known some of these people for years, even though they were like, this is so wrong. This is so awful. We can't believe this happened to you and blah, blah, blah. And they were on my side and like, just, it felt so like there was so much shame around it. There was so much shame. And, and I think that happens when mind is creating this internal narrative that it's bad to get fired. Well, yeah, it happened to me. But I hadn't really done anything wrong. When I when I went back to the scenario and I walked through all of the steps and I looked at, okay, maybe I could have done things a little bit different. Even if I had done things slightly different, the outcome likely would have been the same. And so I just know that getting back to a place of believing in yourself again, just it requires that you give yourself permission to ride the emotional wave, give yourself permission to feel the uncomfortable feelings and then eventually you have to rise up 
and you have to move. You have to rise and you have to move and you have to rise and you have to move and you have to rise and you have to move. And that is the only way to get yourself back into a place of motion. And motion is what creates momentum and momentum is what creates progress and progress is what creates satisfaction. And that is what we are all striving for. So what you have to decide if you're going to be a woman of resilience, if you're going to believe in yourself again, if you are going to reclaim your dream, reclaim your mission, reclaim your purpose, reclaim your call, if you're going to do any of that again after setback, after failure, after falling on the ground, and after those moments of how did I end up here, it is going to take your willingness to rise up and move. And you're going to have to do it riding the emotional wave because you're human. There are tools and tips and techniques and modalities that you can leverage. Mindset work, somatic work, like getting into your body, like going in and reprogramming your mind to interpret information and data differently. Those are things I do help you with in, in our coaching, by the way. Uh, but like even through all of that, there are still just going to be things that trigger you. <laughs> the thing is, though, like you can't create your dream. You can't fulfill your mission. You can't fulfill your call. You can't do the work that you're intended to do in this world if you won't rise up and move afraid, uncomfortable, uncertain. That's what you have to commit to. That's what you have to be willing to do. That is the only way that you get to reclaim what was lost in the fall. And I think we teach belief as this fluffy, aspirational, you got to just believe. And it's something you're reaching into and stretching into. And that feels wobbly and it feels unstable and it feels kind of out of reach. And I don't love that because that's not where power is. And where you have the most power is where you feel the most confident. Where you feel the most confident is where you take action. And so I want to share this kind of perspective around belief. And it's that belief isn't something that you're like faithing into or hoping into, but belief is building a fucking wall, building a wall of evidence that says you can make it through anything. And, and having that certainty and having that knowing because you have already done it. If you were to look back at your lived experiences and every challenging moment that you have had up to the one that you are in right now, what you would find is that you made it through every single one of them. You survived. You did the thing you were supposed to do. You got yourself to the other side. It might have been hard. It might have been difficult. It might have felt like while you were going through it that you didn't know how you were going to get through it. Well, guess what? If you're listening to the sound of my voice, that means you got through it. You did exactly what you were supposed to do. Pat yourself on the back. Celebrate yourself. Share the little meme on Instagram that says you have made it through 100% of your hardest days because you have. And now that you've made it through all of those things, Use that as evidence. Use it as evidence. Stand on what you know to be true. It is factual. It is real. It's not something you got to faith for. It's not something you got to hope for. It's something you get to know. You can look back. You can list out all of the challenges and all of the difficulties in your life up to the moment that you are in right now. And it is proof. It is evidence. It is a rock solid case that you can 
can get to the other side of whatever you're going through, that you can thrive, that you can not just like make it through it, but like be in a state of vitality and energy and confidence and power. And so my hope in, in sharing what I've shared for you, you know, sharing what I have shared with you today is just that you would believe in yourself again. It's time to believe in yourself again. It's time to believe in yourself again. It's time to believe in your dream again. It's time to believe in the possibility of your vision and the the mission that you were put on this earth to fulfill. It's time to believe in God again. It's time to believe in life again. It's time to trust that things get to be good for you, not because you hope that they'll be good for you, but because they were good for you at some point today. If you were to pause and think about some moment in your day today, you had a moment of goodness. And if you were to pause and think about yesterday, whatever happened in the day, there was at least one moment of goodness and last week and last month and last year. And, and even if it is the smallest, smallest moment, you stack enough of those small moments together and you create the compound effect. And the compound effect is a life of goodness, a life of results, a life of magic, a life of something that you can be excited about. And that can be a trampoline. It can be something that propels you and is a catalyst for you to move forward. So I love you. I think we're complete. And if I could leave you with anything, it would be this. You'll know that you've switched into self-belief. You'll, you'll know that you've like flicked the switch because you can flick the switch. You can flick the switch on your self-belief by going and finding evidence of what is true. And what's true is that you've already overcome and you've already conquered a whole hell of a lot of stuff and you can do it again. And you will do it again. And this time you'll do it better and you'll do it faster and you'll be stronger. And there is a payoff. There is absolutely a payoff. I didn't know. 10 years ago, going through what felt like the worst crisis of my life, that today in 2023, I would be recording a podcast and coaching women and high achieving humans and people who lead other people into personal power and into confidence and into greater resilience and into mental and emotional resilience and fitness so that they can meet the moments in front of them, whatever difficulties those might be. I didn't know that. I didn't have that specific vision. I just knew I got to get through this. I got to get over this hump. I got to get back in the game. I got to get back on the field. I got to fulfill what I know is my life's calling. And somehow there's going to be a payoff for this. Some way, somehow it's going to matter. And it's, it's, I'm going to be paid back for this hell. And so here we are 10 years later. And, and I know it makes a difference and I know it makes a difference because I get messages from people who say, you're helping me be brave. Well, guess how you help somebody else be brave by you being brave. Guess how you help somebody else show up in the world more courageously by you being more courageous. Guess how you help someone else be more powerful in their life by you being more powerful in your life. You connect to them, your power connects to their power and it multiplies. Your belief connects to their belief and it multiplies. Your confidence connects to their confidence and it multiplies. And then something amazing happens. There is a community moving towards creating good in the world because you're you're in motion. You're not riddled with fear. And, and even during the times when it comes up, you know what to do 
to get yourself back into a state of power. You know what to do to get yourself back taking action and moving towards the thing that you know you're called to do. Everyone's dream is unique, as unique as your thumbprint. Everyone's blueprint for satisfaction and fulfillment in life is as unique as your blueprint. Your purpose is as unique as your blueprint. Here's what's universal. On the path to creating your dream life, on the path to living out your purpose and living out your mission and doing the work that you're called to do in the world, on that path, you are going to get knocked down. And every single person who gets to the end of their life and can look back with pride and can look back with peace and can look back with happiness and can look back with satisfaction does so because they built the intestinal fortitude to get back up after a fall. You get to rise from wherever you are. You get to rise and you get to move and you get to rise and you get to move and you'll do it again and again and again and again and again and again and again. And every time you do it, you will be iterating. Every time you do it, it'll be another level. Every time that you do it, you will experience greater and greater and greater payoff. The scripture would say that, you know, you're going from glory to glory and from faith to faith right? (laughs) You guys know I have a Christian background. Uh, I think that's it. I think we are complete. So I love you. I am in this with you. I am cheering you on. And more importantly, not the fluffy cheering you on. Like, that's cool. I do that for my nephew on the sidelines of soccer games. But really, my cheering you on is me pointing you back to me being a reflector of and a mirror for you. Because the truth is you're extraordinary. The truth is you're amazing. The truth is that you have exactly what you need to go out into the world and slay. You are fully and completely equipped and resourced to go out and do your purpose work right now from exactly where you are. And guess what? The things that you don't need, you don't have. And when it's time for you to utilize those tools and utilize those skills, you'll have them. How do you know that you'll have them? Because you'll have them. If you don't have the resource right now, it's because you don't need it. And your job is to figure out what do I have in my toolbox right now that I can use to get myself going? How do I use it now? How do I make the most of absolutely every resource that I have right now? And then how do I take it? Like, how, how do I take it forward? And then when the further you go, what I have found is the further you go, the, the resource that you need for the next level, just like a video game, you pass one level, you get new lives, you get new golden coins and all of that, what you need for that next level will meet you there. So I keep saying that's it. This is how pastors and preachers do sermons. They'd be like, I'm going to close. And then like three closes ago. Um, (laughs) I actually do think we're done. Have a wonderful, wonderful, exceptional, extraordinary rest of the day. And rise up and move. Thank you so much for listening to the show. It was amazing to spend this time with you. I expect that you got what you needed and that you found something I shared today, both enjoyable and useful. If you find yourself with any questions for me, feel free to drop down into the show notes, click on the link for my Instagram and send me a DM. And if you'd like to work together, feel free to do the same. I would love to share more details on how I can support you as you increase your power, your confidence, and your resilience, and turn the dial down on fear, imposter syndrome, and self-doubt. 
If you would like to support the podcast, subscribe, leave a five-star review, share with a friend, or better yet, screenshot, share to your stories, and tag me in it so I can shout you out publicly. I appreciate all of your help and your support growing this conversation and growing this community. I can't wait to connect with you in the next episode.